trying to keep his family safe in Rafa. Isaac Kotiner More than a million Palestinians are currently sheltering in Rafa, a city in southern Gaza that has become a refuge of last resort within the territory. This week, Israel has announced plans to send ground troops into Rafa, raising fears about civilian casualties. The news has prompted warnings from the Biden administration, the National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said such an operation would be a disaster and said the White House would not support it. On Thursday night, President Biden also stated that the Israeli response to the October 7 attacks had been over the top. On Friday, I spoke by phone with Yusuf Hamash, who has been an aid worker with the Norwegian Refugee Council, a humanitarian agency, for the past three years. Hamash is Palestinian and is from the Jabalia camp in Gaza. He and his family, including two children, are currently in Rafah after fleeing their home and spending the last several months traveling from place to place in Gaza amid Israel's bombardment. Our conversation, edited for length and clarity, is below. Where were you living on October 7th, and what has happened to your family since then? Sign up for the daily newsletter. Our flagship newsletter highlights the best of The New Yorker, including top stories, fiction, humor, and podcasts. Email address. By signing up, you agree to our user agreement and privacy policy and cookie statement. This site is protected by reCAPTCHA and the Google Privacy Policy and Terms of Service apply. When I woke up to this nightmare, I was in my house in the northern part of Gaza, where I was living with my parents and my sisters next to me. Because we were in the far north, we decided to go to the Jabalia camp, to my grandparents' house. I was expecting a huge amount of violence after what we woke up to. So we spent a few days there, until the 12th of October, and went to Khan Yunus in the south, where I was hosted by some relatives. It was overcrowded because so many people had fled from the northern part to Khan Yunus. And then we were forced to flee again, to Rafa. What is causing these decisions? Is it Israeli evacuation orders? These are the toughest decisions you can make in your entire life. It's not just that you are moving. It's a hard decision. But what we're looking for is safety, we're trying to protect our families and our children. So there are instructions that are provided by the Israelis, but, even despite that, I cannot trust them. There is no safe place in Gaza. We have been forced to flee south and told it would be safe, but then the bombing didn't stop. We witnessed this several times. We are pushed to make these decisions, but, when we flee from one place to another, we basically move under fire. What we are looking for is a sense of safety. Rafa is supposed to be a humanitarian zone and a safe area, but the bombing hasn't stopped. There have been so many bombings since we came here. There is no safe place in Gaza. When did you arrive in Rafa? Unfortunately, I stopped calculating days. Every day is similar. So I don't remember. But a month ago, at least. What caused the decision to go to Rafa? There was an announcement from the Israeli army that Khan Yunus was going to be next after they finished the military operation in the north, in Gaza City. 
but I decided to flee before the Israelis announced the operation in Khan Yunus. Who are you traveling with? My mother, my four sisters and their families, and my wife and two children. I am responsible for all of them. I am the decision-maker. Since the beginning of the war, I agreed with my sisters and their husbands that, for me to feel comfortable, I wanted my family around me. Communication and phone calls are hard. I feel responsible for my sisters. I am the only man for my family in Gaza. My father passed away a few days before the war, so that has added responsibility on me. How old are your children? Elia is five years old. Ahmed is two and a half. What sorts of questions do they ask you, and what do you say to them, if you feel comfortable sharing that? It's not the first experience for my children. My daughter Elia was three during the war in 2021, and, at the time, I was able to convince her that the bombs were fireworks. Now that she is five, it's harder. Now my children understand the meaning of war and the meaning of drones and airstrikes. I have run out of justifications. You cannot adapt to this situation, but they are getting normalized to this. But, with every airstrike near us, I have to make sure they are safe and try to give them the feeling of safety. Sometimes even I don't have that feeling to give to my children. Even as adults, mentally, I don't think we are stable enough to keep up, so imagine what it's like for children. Video from The New Yorker Parker, One Black Family's Quest to Reclaim Their Name HTTPS slash slash www.newyorkar.com slash video slash watch slash the New Yorker documentary Parker One Black Family's Quest to Reclaim Their Name Hashtag Insid equals recommendations underscore CNE interlude New Yorker V underscore CFBDBCCCF underscore Is it true that your sister is giving birth? Currently, I am at the hospital and, hopefully, she will give birth. I'm waiting outside. There is only one hospital for delivery and birth in Gaza, and it is very crowded. And there's only so much I can do. I am sitting in the street, waiting, because I cannot do anything. I didn't want to keep hearing her screaming, or I might lose control of my emotions. Before the war, Rafa didn't have a main hospital. It had small hospitals, with a couple of operation rooms. We were always demanding a main hospital. We're paying the consequences for that now. It is overcrowded and the staff is overwhelmed, given the amount of patients. My sister is my sister. I might lose control at any moment, so that's why I'm out in the sun. What is the status of food? and medication https colon slash slash www.newyorker.com slash news slash q dash and dash a slash a dash pediatricians dash two dash weeks dash inside dash a dash hospital dash and dash gaza medication in general is a huge challenge we're missing 90 percent of the types of medicine we need but in terms of food all the food we get is canned, and the prices are unaffordable for the vast majority of people because the price has been inflated. No one is getting a salary. There are only one or two A.T.M.S. in all of Rafa. Even if you have the money, you might not have cash.
Can you describe how you and your family get food? There is a daily mission that provides water and food. Unfortunately, when I go to buy food for the house, I don't go with a wish list. It's whatever I find. It depends on what they have. For example, when you look for a specific thing, it takes days. My children kept asking for eggs, so I was trying to find them, but it took me a week to do that, and, when I did, they cost a lot. Where are you living right now? Because I came here early, I was one of the lucky people who got a house. But most don't have that option. Thousands are living in makeshift shelters, and Rafa doesn't have the capacity in terms of infrastructure, health, work, or drinkable water. Prior to the war, Rafa's population was a quarter of a million people. It has now more than quadrupled in size. Imagine almost the entire population stuffed in the smallest city, without any kind of preparedness, with families who have been forced to flee without anything. For families here, they are just trying to find anything to cover their heads. We are going through a harsh winter. We had huge storms and rain. What families, and especially children, are going through is totally unacceptable, we cannot cope with it. We don't have the ability to be in such situations. In a few seconds, we lost our home and shelter. I met some people in the street who had just arrived by walking. A man and his wife and children. They were standing in the street and didn't know where to go, or what to do, or where they were going to sleep. That is the situation for thousands of families. Many families are using the sidewalk as shelter and looking for anything to cover their heads. The biggest dream for anyone in Rafa now is to have a tent. The amount of tents that came into Gaza was not enough. The tents that were delivered through the Rafa crossing will not cover the need. The other main thing that families are looking for is access to a bathroom. If you are lucky, you will have one. If not, you'll be looking for hospitals or schools. Schools are now being occupied by people who are displaced, and in each classroom you can see five families. And these families consider themselves lucky. When you ever have a moment to yourself, what do you feel? Anger? Sadness? What are those emotions like? That's a hard question for me, because I don't have the chance to think about me as a person because of the amount I have to manage. First, we have to deliver aid in my work, and, second, I am a filmmaker, so I try to document daily life here. And then I have responsibilities toward my wife and children and sisters and mother. So this doesn't allow me to think about me. I am kind of a machine. I sleep four hours a day because I don't have enough time to fulfill my responsibilities. I remember the only time I was thinking about me and my life was when, a few days ago, there was misquoted or mistranslated news that there was a ceasefire. People around me were shouting and whistling because they are starving for such news. And we didn't have access to confirm it, but I thought it was true. Currently, I'm in survival mode. I didn't think about what remained for me. That was the only moment I thought about me and my life, and what I thought about was my real life. It's totally destroyed. My house is destroyed. My family's house is destroyed. My sister's houses are destroyed. 
So, even if the war ends, I don't think we will find it easy to recover. It will take decades to reconstruct our lives and houses. And it will take decades to recover mentally because mentally we are not straight. Diamond Suit